This is a download from News Talk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. John Giles is in studio this Thursday evening. John, how are you doing this week? Good, Owen. So far, so good. There was a big old-fashioned uh, cup giant killing earlier in the week, Bradford beating Arsenal. We'll talk about the Wenger side of things in a moment, but did you enjoy it? Do you love these cup giant killings? No, uh, I never, I never liked the uh, the the. the I like the giant killings when the when the team plays well and it, it's part of the game. I know that, but overall, I don't like the underdog uh, sort of syndrome, uh, Owen, uh, because I've been I've been at the the wrong end of a, a couple of the giant killing uh, situations, and that's all part of the game, as as we know. But it's, sometimes it's the reaction afterwards of the players, uh, because my my take on the underdogs all along was that. The underdogs raise their game on the day, right? Mm. Now, if they can raise their game on that day, why aren't they raising the game every day? Yeah. Uh, the reason that they're underdogs and they're playing a team superior to them is that the team that uh, is superior to them does it week in and week out. And the underdogs, the players, they raise the game for one, one make a great effort. The other players have to make that effort every week, not to be underdogs, right? So I never liked the underdog mentality and I never liked mostly, mostly the reaction of the underdogs when they've had a big win, like on against Arsenal the other day. So you wouldn't enjoy the reaction then of the Bradford captain, Gary Jones is the man's name, who says Arsenal should be embarrassed. Yeah, well, like that's not his business. His business is to play for Bradford and, and that's it. And, uh, you know, if... Like if he was doing so such a great, if he was such a great player and he's he's knocking all these other players, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be playing in the third division. So you have to win with dignity and you have to lose with dignity. On and what I find is that a lot of the players when they from Bradford and this lad Jones and and his response, there's no dignity about that. But you never see say Arsenal had gone and beat them six nil. You never see the Arsenal players or the Manchester United players, the Manchester City when they get a big win like that against a smaller team, saying they were rubbish. Uh, you know we should have beat them twelve. Um, they shouldn't even be in the third division. They don't get those remarks. There's, and there's no need. They've won and they've won and good luck to them. Uh, but there's always somebody that's willing to speak out and say they were rubbish and Torquay gave us a harder game. And that. They've done enough. They've won. And do it Do it with dignity. They don't have to rub, rub, it, rub the salt in. Was salt rubbed into your wounds when you're, you were killed as a giant while playing? Once or twice, yeah. Yeah, there was a lad called uh, Gilchrist. We went Colchester. Colchester was the famous win. Uh, they beat us three two in Colchester when we when we were at our best, and I think they were the third or fourth division team. That called Gilchrist played. He actually he's passed away since then, and he was marking me. Uh, I think Eamon knew him. I think he played at Millwall, but he was real mouthy, real mouthy. You know, he was giving me some stick on the pitch. He said the international caps. He says the Irish team. You get them with a packet of uh, crisps, don't you? <laughs> All this through the match, and of course they won as well. Right. So afterwards, we can't. When you lose as the big team. Uh, same when we we were beaten by Sunderland in the cup final. You can't say anything. Yeah. You just have to. You just have to stay quiet and take it, take it on the chin, uh, and come back stronger. I mean, Colchester, uh, like that was we were beaten by Colchester, and we weren't we weren't beaten again in the cup until Sunderland beat us in that was in seventy one seventy three. <laughs> so we went the next year, winning the cup, and the next year the cup final before we lost another cup. But people always say, what about Colchester? <laughs> Sunderland. And that was another shock. Yeah, the oh, Sunderland that game was, big, was another big one. That was even a bigger yeah. shock, yeah. you know. But to be fair, to most of the Sunderland lads were were okay. Mm. They were okay. Um, the press gave us some stick. Yeah, the press gave us some stick. I, I was the oldest player as well on the Leeds team at that time, so 
I got some stick, you know, we were finished and we were gone. And but what it did, like, see, it made the Leeds lads stronger. When we started the next season, we didn't say anything. There was no, we weren't blaming anybody. We don't didn't blame each other. We just took it on the chin. Start the next season, twenty nine matches unbeaten, to go on and win the league championship. And I think Sunderland were still in the second division. What was then the second division the following year, even though they'd won the cup. So they might have always celebrated. You know what I mean? Get yeah. carried away with it. We just took it on the chin. That, 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 that's what you have to do. Arsenal are going to have to do that themselves and Arsene Wenger is going to have to do that, John. As usual, he's quite dignified in defeat, but at the same time, uh, he does seem to be under quite a lot of pressure at the moment. Have you, no- have you noticed that things are unravelling for them? Well, it, it's. I think he's under severe pressure uh, because he's been a great manager for Arsenal for a great number of years, winning the double, the Invincibles and all that. I mean, he's been a great, terrific manager. Um, and I think, unfortunately for him, whether it be five years ago, six years ago, uh, on he embarked on a policy that he believed was good for Arsenal, which was not to spend that much money, uh, have the wage tro- the rights bill controlled, and bring on the younger players, right? That eventually would go on to be another you know, win things for Arsenal, the likes of Fabregas and Nasri and Clichy, Van Persie. Well, the fact is, these lads got fed up waiting mm. and he's lost them now his policy has definitely failed failed miserably because now he has people like Martin Sacker uh, Arteta uh, uh, Podelski you know players that wouldn't have gone in the Arsenal team a few years ago and I remember a few years ago with Arsenal when the players got there was a policy with Wenger player got to 30 he'd only offer him a one year contract and he actually lost players now he's having to sign players and give them three probably three year contracts when they're 28, 29 uh, I mean if you look at Ferguson in the last six years didn't pursue that policy he brought a few young lads along but he spent a lot of money as well I mean he, he, he even bought Van Persie at 29 for 24 million so he's pursued a policy that I don't I'm not too concerned about the wage bill or the, the financial situation of the club I have to get these players to win things which he has done and obviously that's paid dividends as well because the crowd are in the crowd are happy uh, so if you look at Ferguson and Wenger, they pursued two totally separate policies in the last six years. Ferguson's has been successful and Wenger's hasn't. Yeah. Now, a lot of people might say, well, the financial situation at Arsenal is very, very strong in relation to Manchester United. Supporters don't want to know about the financial situation. All they see is six years, seven, probably seven years this year, without a win, without winning anything. And the team at the moment, going to the, not going to challenge for the Premiership this year and knocked out against Bradford City which can happen at any time and Manchester United have been knocked out by a smaller team but at this particular stage with Wenger it's very difficult and you know he's got old players now writing other players you know putting things in the comments in the paper about Steve Ball who's around the dressing room and all that and they're saying well you know it, from one of the re- reads the papers I read Steve Ball hasn't been allowed to do this that Wenger's interfering and Wenger also supposedly one of the reports is that he it, it gets angered when Bold has given too much praise when it's put to him that Bold is doing some great things. Wenger, I'm not so sure like about that. that. Yeah. I wouldn't be too sure about that. I couldn't see Wenger being jealous. What he might be annoyed about is, is at the early part of the season when they they, they didn't concede any goals for three matches, that it was because Bold had stepped up and uh, was given credit for the defensive uh, efficiency mm. as, well, at that time. And I'd say whatever they were doing, it was Wenger that was doing it. From what I can gather, he's really hands-on, as I think the manager should be. You know, you have assistants like Steve Bolt, but he, he it would be his policy 
Wenger's. And I think Wenger, from what I get, does it himself. Yeah. Now, I think what he's been doing, and I find it incredible as such a great manager, that defensively, I think they're the worst, and I said this to you a couple of weeks ago on the programme, this programme, the worst organised defence in the Premiership. <laughs> I mean, they're running out far too early, they're getting too close to the ball when the opposite is a little chip over the top instead of dropping off. It should be basic stuff. And their defensive stuff with Marta Sacker and players like that is absolutely Awful. Even more badly organised than the bottom teams, the likes of yeah. Reading and these. Yeah, well, just as bad. Yeah. Uh, but for a top manager, I can't understand it. Now, he does that. And to be fair to Wenger, he's always taken, he's never said, well, it was Steve Ball that, that did the, the, the defensive. Uh, I think he does it himself. And I think he might be annoyed to start the season if the paper. I don't think, and even then, I think he'd be big enough to say, well, look, it doesn't matter if he's getting a bit of, bit of credit. I know I'm doing it. And I, I think managers should do it. Now, they, yeah. they need help in, in, you know, because there's there's lots of other things going on. But the basic coaching of the team, I think, should come from the manager. We were getting a lot of texts in last night, John, saying that Arsene Wenger is successful, that statistically, based on the amount of money that he has available to him, he should be seventh, I think it is, in the league, for example. And yet he comes third or fourth pretty much yeah. every season, qualifies yeah. for the Champions League. Yeah, I know what you're saying, no, but stats can prove anything. You know, if that if that was the case, then you know the the, the supporters would be happy, uh, everybody would be happy at Arsenal. But it, the, the supporters are not happy. The supporters are not interested in those stats. Like they're not in because of the money spent. We, we we should be in seventh, but we're we're in thirds. Oh, that's great. They what they want? Have we won the cup? Mm. Have we won the league? Are we challenging for it? Like they did. Uh, don't forget. You know, I mean, he's had some great teams, and he's been a, a brilliant manager. He's won the double, but it's six. What's what's gone in seven years now since they won anything? You cannot tell the supporters the stats in a financial way prove that he's been successful. They won't have it. Mm. To the businessman, it might be the case. You know, they might say, that's great. You know, I'd, I'd rather be uh, director of Arsenal than, than Manchester United, for example, because they're worth more money in a certain way. But the supporters are not businessmen. These are passionate supporters of Arsenal who want the team to be competing and winning as they have done in the past. Reports, so the stats won't impress them. Reports today are that there will be some money to spend in January that are, the top brass at Arsenal will make this available to Wenger. Even Gazidis, the chief executive, mm. was at a function with supporters uh, last night and apologised for the defeat to Bradford and yeah. how things are going at the moment. But he didn't say anything negative about Wenger himself. Mm. Do you get the sense that they are still fully supportive of him? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think he's been a great manager for him. Like, I, I think he made the mistake, actually. I, I, I call it going native. I think he went native with the directors. Mm. See, at most football, say say Manchester United, for example, and even at Manchester City, the, the, traditionally there's always been a battle between the manager and the board as to how much is spent or not spent. The board don't want to spend money. The manager wants to spend money. He wants to improve the team. Just to go off the subject, that's why Martin O'Neill left Aston Villa. He was a little bit over budget and the owner didn't like it. Mm. Now, since Martin has left, they've been going down into the relegation. They had to spend twenty-four million on, on a player for the following season because they were they were in trouble in relegation. Right, so it's it can be a false economy in what the manager wants to do in relation to the board. Now, in fact, I think uh, Ferguson, when the new owners come in, actually fought with them. Mm. Say, I need money here to buy these, and, and to be fair, they backed them. But you spent a lot of money. You look at clubs like, uh, maybe we're going somewhat off topic, but Leeds United is a prime example of a team who were irresponsible in their spending and end up costing them big time. Maybe Wenger, the way Wenger does it, is well, the a responsible ba- there's way. There's a balance yeah. to it. I mean, I'm not suggesting that anybody does it like Leeds United because they went mad <laughs> yeah. and silly. 
uh, Ferguson hasn't been mad or silly. He's been very good and he's produced winning teams that, again, more than makes up for the money that he spent. Mm. Right? Because he's, he's, he's bringing in the crowds and he's winning things and everybody's happy. The Glaciers are happy because they're getting a, a big revenue every year. What's happened with Wenger, this is the, the point I'm making in Golden Native, I think Wenger didn't battle with the directors. He said, you're right, I'm going with you. Right? And that's a director's dream. That's why they'd love him. Yes. Right? Because they're saying financially we're this, we're financially we're that. But, but they're not winning anything, Owen. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'd say if you take Ferguson's case, I'd say Ferguson didn't spend the money he did over the years. And the club made X about next, And they, were, they hadn't won a trophy for seven years. It, it's false economy, mm. really. And I think that's what happened with Wenger. I think he agreed with the directors. And traditionally, the managers have always fought with the directors. Where directors now, we don't want to spend. And so we'd have to spend. You know, that's what he's. I think he's got. Well, no, you're right. We're not going to spend. We're going, and they have a wage cap, you know, that, which they have had over the years. Now you're saying that they have money in, in January, but they had money years ago. And Vegas, no, I don't, don't need to spend it. I bring these young players through, because the young players got fed up waiting, for success. So one by one they've left, and there might be more leaving now. So he's left with. I mean, if he still had Nasri, and he still had Clichy, and he still have Van Persie, and he still had Fabregas, only those for, be a big difference with the. Yeah. The they are going to stick by Wenger it certainly looks like oh, given everything you've said there but do you think they should or do you think actually Wenger has taken that club as far as he's going to and they need a new manager but it depends it? where they want to go <laughs> you know like if they want to go I mean if they want to go and win things like and compete with Manchester United they're going to have to spend money right and they don't want to spend I know directors want to spend money mm. so I and, and Wenger doesn't want to spend the money and I think what's happened to him too because of the policy that he was pursuing the youth policy on I think he's sort of lost his way in the transfer market. You know, he hasn't... Like, there's been other clubs like Newcastle, for example, last year, they had 30... And they, they bought fairly good players, like with the, the money that they, they sold for... They got for Carroll. They got four or five good players that made a difference to him. And, like, those players were available to Wenger. And there weren't big money. So it's a question of spotting, spotting, spotting. I think he's, he signed a top-class player in the Spanish lad. Uh, yeah, Cazorla. Santa Cazorla, yeah. You know, very, very good. Now, he, he's been around for a few years. You know, he's 27 now and he's a terrific player. Didn't spend that, that much money. So there, I think there are players around there that, he, that in, in a really good scouting system, he would, he would have better players than he has. I mean, I think some of the players he's bought haven't been very good. There's no doubt about that. So he's, he's gone into the transfer. There's some player managers very good at going into the transfer market and getting these partners. They're pursuing that policy. But he hasn't pursued it. Yeah. I don't think he's looked at the players on so if Arsenal, over the years. So if Arsenal, there's not much point in them getting rid of Wenger unless they want to put in a new manager and give him money to spend. Definitely. Well, otherwise, yeah, Wenger's he, doing as well he, as they're going to do. You can't do it now without without the money. Unless you're a, you're an absolute genius. There aren't that many good bargain players out there that everybody isn't looking for. Mm-hmm. If you look, man, look at Manchester City. Manchester City were doing okay with Mark Hughes. They were never going to win the league. Got the money in, they can buy the top players. Chelsea over the years have done the same. And Ferguson has spent a lot of money. Oh, yes, he hasn't been he hasn't been shy about money. But he's been successful. Chelsea have won things. You know, Manchester City have won things. Arsenal, the policy that Wenger's pursued, are, are, fine, are probably better run financially than any other club. 
but there's no trophies on the board, and that's what the supporters want. Off the ball, getting inside the game on News Talk 106 to 108. We have our awesome on-air competition to win a uh, place in the off the ball box at Leopardstown in the second hour of tonight's program. Five three one zero six as always is the text line number. John Giles is in studio. John Manchester United uh, came from behind to beat. Uh, well, sorry, it was level, but they got that late winner against Manchester City. They've actually conceded two goals or more on seven occasions in the Premier League this season and won all those games. Has Ferguson worked out that you don't actually need to defend in the Premier League, just keep buying some great attackers? I, I, I'd say he hasn't worked that out at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say he would be really annoyed. Uh, I, I know from managers in football myself, what managers want are clean sheets. That's where you build from. You, know, you build from, from there. And the, I've seen the attitude over the year. Well, if they score four, we'll score five. Those teams don't win the 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 the, the, the Premiership or trophies. It just so happened that he has good attacking players, but he would be raging. I saw his comments last week before the the City match about losing the at the at Reading. He was raging about it. all managers. I know all managers, all people involved with professional football want the least goal scored possible again. That's your starting point, though, and then. Because you can teach players generally. Generally, you can teach players how to defend. You can't teach them how to score goals. Now, Manchester United are great because they've got Rooney, and these are great players that can score goals. But defensively, all the great teams in the past, I remember Liverpool, even in my time, lost 14 goals one year. At their best with Mark Lawrence and these guys, lose 18. I remember we won the, won the league at 69, lost 18 goals. Mm. Only scored 67. <laughs> if you ask Ferguson or any manager in the league, if you could, if you would rather win the league scoring seventy goals and conceding eighteen, or scoring a hundred and conceding fifty, and to every one of them would say, "I'll take the lower one." Really? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because that would be seen as a mark of better management. It's it's it, it, it's more secure in the win, you know. Like you saw Manchester United against Reading last week. Reading scored three goals. It's 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 kamikaze stuff. You know what I mean? It's Russian roulette. But Manchester United still won, and they won again against Manchester yeah, but City. It, but you don't, you're not always going to score the, enough goals. Like if you don't concede, you only need to score one. In other words, it's 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 a professional thing that the, the managers like. We're solid. We're not going to give anything away. Well, you saw them over the years with Ferguson. You know when they were winning things in in the past. They might well win the league again uh, this year. But I'm telling you, if you were talking to Ferguson now, he would say, "I'd rather us be winning one nil." Than four three, yeah, they hate it. Professionals hate it, and I would as well. Because when you got a solid defence, you're secure. The whole team is secure. Where's the scoring at that end, and you're scoring at that end, and a day will come where you you, you, you can't turn on the goals. You know what I mean? And you can stop the goals, but you can't turn on the goals. And there's nothing wrong with defending well and still scoring your four goals. That's what that's what the the great teams have done in the past. The other storyline coming out of that game was the coin thrown at Rio Ferdinand. Some people argue, well, if you celebrate wildly, then you're going to get a coin thrown at your head. But do supporters have the right just because they've no. paid in to start pelting coins? Well, then? I think supporters believe they have. Yeah. And that's gone on for years. You know, you, they believe once they go into a match, they can abuse people verbally, physically. I've seen them do it. I've heard them. Uh, I, I was in a match at Leeds one time watching it years ago and... and there was somebody in front of me and I knew he was a solicitor and a language and abuse to the referee. The referee couldn't hear it, but he was gone mad. Mm. You know, if you said to the fellow during the week, they'd say, no, I'd never behave like that. But <laughs> people think they have a, 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 a license once they go to a football match to throw things at the players. 
sort of a few years ago, I think we talked about it before, Jamie Carter, I think it was at Highbury, pelted at, at the taking a throw in and he picked one up and threw it back into the crowd <laughs> and the same crowd reported them to the police mm. that were pelting him. Yeah. In other words, they were allowed to do it but a player wasn't allowed, as soon as the player misbehaved, oh, they're, 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 they're hooligans. But I don't think, also, I think the players should be careful in the climate of celebrating in front of the, the opposition. It's a difficult crowd. though when the goal is scored at that end as it was for Manchester United and Rio Ferdinand, it's last minute, in fact, an injury time, he knows they've won the game. Is it difficult to keep a lid on that and just walk back to the halfway line? I don't. I think that, I think you can celebrate it, but you, 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 I think the players actually taunt them a bit now. Well, years ago we had uh, Gary Neville who who was commenting on it and and, and condemning it on Sunday, running down to the, the Liverpool end after a win at Old Trafford. <laughs> now, if that's not taunting the opposition, I don't know what is. But also, I think on on Sunday uh, in the match, uh, I watched it on. There was again you're back to the diving situation. Again, you're back to Wenger with the. Carzola in at where it was an out and out against West Brom yeah. West Brom and he said well I'll have to see it afterwards and, and have a word with him right and there was a lot of diving and that going on in the Manchester derby as well I think there was a lot of lot of cheating trying to get players sent off and that. now it's very very difficult to expect the crowd to behave yeah. in, in, a, in a very very mature way if the players themselves are not doing it on the pitch and I go back to the diamond situation. I know, I know a lot of football people. They they're getting disillusioned with the whole business. And again, I go back: the managers, the players, the FA referees. They're all responsible in their own ways. But even even at this day and age, Wenger could say, "I'm sorry, I'll, uh, I didn't see it." And it's an out and out. Like if if you don't condemn it, you're condoning it. Yeah. And that's gone on for years. Now, and he's not the only one. There's Ferguson had had Ronaldo and. If you suggested that Ronaldo dived, there'll be there'll be blue murder. You know, Mourinho had Drogba, who was probably the worst of the lot. So all that is is in the mix, and I think in the long run it'll do the game and it, a lot of harm. And it's not helping in the behaviour. I'm not I'm not uh, uh, defending the behaviour of supporters, but you can't give them any reason. Shouldn't give them any reason to misbehave if they feel the players are have they have licensed and the players have license to do it. We are just going to have to take a quick break at this stage. We'll get to the texts after that. Off the ball on News Talk 106 to 108. All right, let's get through some of the text messages coming into us here for John Giles and 53106. John, the first one here says Leo Messi's 88 goals. John, did you ever think it was possible for a footballer to score so many in one year? No. <laughs> no. He's a phenomenon. And, he, and, and I mean, with, with the. Unless you're playing a successful team, you wouldn't be able to do it. And I think Muller was the last to do it, wasn't he? Mm. And he played in in a Bayern Munich team and a German team who were really, really worked. And he was a terrific finisher. You have to be a great finisher to be able to do it. But in this day and age where they talk about defences uh, tightening up and that, um, he, he's just brilliant. I mean, he's absolutely brilliant. John, did you ever duck out of the way of a free kick like Samir Nasri did for Manchester no. City? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. That was bad stuff? Well, it's one. It's a, it's, again, it's a basic on. You know, like free kicks and corner kicks, I'm talking about now from a managerial point of view or from a team point of view. You don't have to be a good player. You don't have to know anything about football to do some of the basic stuff in football, like picking up from a throw it, picking up from a corner kick, getting in the wall. The reason you're in the wall, why is it called the wall? Owen? <laughs> it's to block the ball going in at that particular area. Mm. Right? So all it's very simple for players. Stand in the wall and stay in the wall. Right? Yeah. That's your wall. That's what the goalkeeper wants. Unless the ball is moved to the side, 
right? Then you can break because it's, you're in a different line altogether. I think I've always believed that, you know, if there's a free kick and it's knocked to the side, then the whole wall should break towards the ball and you'd be on top of the ball before you know it. It's no good standing as a four when the ball is pushed aside because if you were to take put the wall up where the ball is being shot at goals, it wouldn't be over there. It'd be So you have to break. But generally speaking, if it's a direct shot, all you've got to do, it's very simple, is hold your ground. And if the ball is near you, it's up in the air, you can get a little head to it, you can, but you, your, your basic instinct is to block the shot. Most human beings' basic instinct, though, is if a leather football is coming directly at their face, <laughs> they get but, out of the way. No, but you're a professional footballer. Yeah. Like that's, that can happen. And it very seldom happens. But you don't be... Like, Nasri was behind the wall. Now, how did he get behind the wall when the, when, 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 when the free kick was taken? Mm. He must have ran behind the wall or moved behind the wall before while, while uh, uh, Van Persie was running up towards the ball. Like, a wall is a wall. There's only three in it. And your job is to block that shot. And what you hope for as a player is that it does come towards you. Mm-hmm. Like, you're 10 yards away, Owen. No matter how hard it's hit, you know, it very seldom hits you in the face. You know, you can get your head down. You can, you can, get, you can do something, you know. If, if, but your, your main object, and that's what, this is where it comes from the manager. When, you, when you're established with the team, if you're in the wall, you're in the wall. And you block it. And you do your best to block it. That has to be established. And obviously, that wasn't established in the, and that's when it costs you see it, you could go a hundred free kicks like that on and you get away with it but somewhere along the line if you keep doing it it's going to cost you and it might be only one goal a season like that one which loses you two points or it could be four or five it depends it could be none but a fault is a fault and that was a basic fault John Torres scored for Chelsea again this morning is he getting back to his best this was part of the World Club Championship they won 3-1 today so they're into the final that competition John regardless of the merits of yeah. that uh, good stuff from well, from well it's good for it's good for Torres I mean it, it's okay saying with the opposition but he, up to recently he, was, he wasn't even scoring against bad opposition mm. so it, it's a confidence thing on. I, I never felt that he was gone I mean he's only 28 right and people say oh, he's gone it, it's, it's a confidence thing and what I found with Torres actually Owen in the general play he was never very good you know he was a goal scorer and not Liverpool, he was scoring goals. But I think the pressure came on him when he wasn't scoring goals to be involved in the general play. And he couldn't do it. You know, in other words, he couldn't uh, uh, make up for his lack of goals with his general play. And there's a lot of players like Messi. Say Messi went six games without scoring. You'd find that he'd be in the game, he'd be making goals, he'd be contributing to it. Torres is not good in the general play. He's an out-and-out goal scorer. So, and he lost his confidence doing that. Now, obviously, what can happen now with scoring two goals, if he gets his confidence back, self-belief, I think he will score goals again. John, uh, regarding the coin throwing, was there ever any celebrating with the crowd when you were playing? Or did players try and stay away from the supporters? I don't think they consciously stayed away. But, the, 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 see, the whole culture of, culture of celebrating goals has changed. Oh, like in my day, uh, like, say, Peter Lord, I was always playing with Peter Lord. Peter Lord went to the end line, pulled it back, and I knocked it in the goal. First thing I'd do, not me, I'll go to Peter Lorimer. And more than I say, thanks, thanks for that. You know? Uh, you scored a goal, you'd, you'd, you'd take the, the congratulations and you'd, you'd get back. They wouldn't be, they never ran to the, it only started after I finished playing. So the whole culture of celebrating, goal, and I think it's ridiculous, to be honest, because I've seen it where somebody beats three men, gets to the byline, does brilliantly, pulls it back, fella gets a tap in. First thing he does, he turns his back on the fellow that made the goal and runs over to the corner flag. I said, I definitely, it was me that scored it. Yeah. 
right? And and on a professional level, I think it's wrong as well, on. And I'll tell you why. I was I was taught and I believed when I played. When we scored, you immediately switch on to defending the kickoff. Right? Mm-hmm. Immediately. In other words, as soon as it's scored, great. It's lovely to score. Now, as soon as the kickoff is, we start defending. Because how many times have you heard team is at its most vulnerable just when they scored? Why? Lost the concentration. Right? They're so bloody celebrating the goal that you can't switch back on in time for the kickoff. Mm-hmm. And everybody thinks, well, we've told, there's no chance of them scoring. And there's a great example I think we mentioned on the programme. Was it Croatia? Uh, um, Turkey in the Euro 2008 Euro. tournament. I think it was Croatia scored. Croatia scored minute. a last minute equaliser or yeah. a last minute would have been a winner yeah. and uh, they all went crazy celebrating including their coach Coach Bilic, jumping on the pitch and, and Turkey equalised and won a penalty. When you do that, Owen, how can you concentrate on defending the kickoff when you do that? Your mind is a million, million miles away and you can't switch on in time to do it. That's why I always believed when I played don't celebrate too much. Actually, encourage players not to celebrate at all if they could do it. You know, obviously you get you get the emotion, but immediately stop defensive. Because I was when I was playing the team and managed the team, the, uh, particularly the center, two centre forward, none of the players nearest the nearest the ball from the kickoff. Defend it. You defend it. You start it. Because what happens when they, when when they're carried away is I've seen it. The two centre forwards let the other guys walk by them. In other words, if you just scored, there's no way they're going to score. <laughs> and of course, then it's in the back of the net. As you said, it was a Turkey and Turkey Croatia. And Croatia yeah. I think Turkey equalised, didn't That's they? That's right, yeah. And then Turkey won on penalties. And won on penalties. Yep. And there's the coach. Who, that coach that day, what was his name? Slaven Bilic, yeah. Should have been saying to the players, calm down. Start defending the... And then, before you know it, that's, that's a couple of... I think it's gone overboard uh, with, with the celebrations. I think there's no respect for each other. Somebody, as I say, makes a goal. You should go to, I think you should go to that player. And say well done. So lack of respect for your teammate, and also a slight lack of professionalism, just in that. Oh, total, get total, right, total lack of professionalism. Yeah, not just a slight one. John, uh, one last one. Has John ever bought done for you a Christmas present? What do you get the man who thinks he knows everything? Says Fergal in Port Leash. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't ever remember buying him a, no. a, a Christmas present. No. No. No idea what you would pair of socks, maybe or something, if you were to uh, buy him some pair of socks. Yeah. Yeah. Nice hat, something like that. You know? <laughs> John, <laughs> he, he dresses well anyway. I mean, he, doesn't, he doesn't need me to buy him any clothes. John Giles, brilliant stuff. Thanks so much. Thanks, Owen. Thanks for listening to this News Talk 106 to 108 podcast. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie.